Well, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. Today, I'm sharing with you a conversation that I had with the lovely Claire from Moxie. She's a online growth specialist and mentor. And in this conversation, we really wanted to pick apart how, as a small business owner, you decide which channels that you should use and could use to grow your business. We talk about everything from all of the different social channels and their best uses to Pinterest, email marketing, blogging, SEO, and kind of try and cover it all in a very short space of time. And then Claire gives us three incredible tips for how we can start to grow our business online and not just focus on, you know, those platforms that offer us instant gratification. So I'm going to be quiet and let you guys listen to the episode. It was an absolutely amazing conversation and I would highly recommend checking out Claire and her services and her amazing products. She's got a couple of free webinars coming up over the next month or two and all honesty, I'll be there. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Claire. Okay, hello lovely Claire, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, I'm really glad it's Friday. <laughs> oh, me too, it's one of my favourite, well it is my favourite day of the week. I think it's everyone's favourite day yeah. of the week, isn't it? Yeah, it's even though it doesn't, Even though it doesn't kind of feel like we know what day of the week it is anymore. <laughs> yeah, very true, but still I'm holding on to that hope of the weekend on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> boundaries people, boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> cool, so... Obviously, some people that are listening to this might not know who you are. So Mm. with every guest, I like to give them a bit of a challenge to introduce themselves in 30 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a very small donation of at least £5 to the charity Mind. Do you think you're up for the challenge, Claire? I've had a little go and I think I might be, but I don't really mind because I'm quite happy to pay some money towards mind anyway, so that's fine. Oh, she's practised. No, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I've got my stopwatch ready. Okay. So, ready? Yep. Go. So I started my career in retail management and then I spent five years as a teacher and leader I moved to live in Malaysia for two years, so I became self-employed for the freedom and variety. I read a lot of books a month, both business and non-fiction. My favourite genre is thriller and crime. I've already watched a Christmas film this year, it was on Monday, and I love the trashy TV ones as well as the classics. I try and do yoga every day. I love baking, but I'm the worst Great British Bake Off watcher. I'm so critical. (laughs) And my favourite way to relax is a book in the bath amazing I mean I hate to break it to you you did it in 37 seconds but it's all right (laughs) that was such a good intro oh thank you (laughs) love it I definitely learned a lot about you oh good yeah so I know you were a teacher but what what were you you know what age were you teaching and and what 
subject was it a specific subject yeah so I was a secondary school teacher um and I actually loved it everyone always thought I was when you say that but yeah I was gonna say that takes a certain kind of person <laughs> yeah but I did love it I mean it was really hard I'm not gonna say it wasn't um but it, yeah I loved it I did well I mainly did engineering so I taught a lot of boys and a few girls towards the end of my time there because they were encouraged by me being a female engineering teacher and then design technology as well so I ended up teaching all of the subjects food electronics um yeah and I just really loved it it was great wow (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was good taught engineering yeah and you know it's really funny this is puts me down to a T in some ways I wanted to do design technology that was my aim and I went to the to the kind of initiation like walk through thing and they said oh we've just dropped the funding for uh, design technology but if you do engineering then you can um yeah get the funding fully funded so I was like yeah I'll do that <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but then I ended up loving it um and I had a background in um I did blacksmithing when I was at uni so I had a background in that kind of world so it wasn't too much of a stretch um so yeah wow you've done a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah I have <laughs> That's true. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so varied though. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I like to do different things. I just like, I like always to be challenged. I think that's a blessing and a curse for me. But yeah. And what, what made you go to Malaysia? So my husband worked at the University of Nottingham and they had a succumbent there. So we decided to go for two years. We'd been before traveling and just fell in love with the place. And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful experience. I kind of miss it most days, especially the food and the people. We made some nice friends there. Um, yeah, it was lovely. That's so cool. I feel really like I'm just, I've constantly worked in marketing and I've constantly lived in the same place. Like this, I'm <laughs> boring compared to you. I'll just no. let you take it away. No, don't be silly. That's not true. <laughs> that's amazing. And for anybody that, heaven forbid, doesn't know who you are that's listening to this, mm-hmm. what, you know, what does your business do? What do you do now? Uh, so I'm an online growth mentor and specialist. So I started when I left teaching, I left to go to Malaysia and I was already kind of teaching design and um, had been working in the website world for a bit kind of off and on over the years anyway. Um, so I decided to start focusing on SEO and learning how to do that. And yeah, as part of my work while I was away, I was growing my own business um, for when I came home and then I turned that into something I could help others. Once I'd learned those skills, I felt it was a nice way to help other people. I just, I think I've always done things that are helping. So I did retail. I loved the helping side of things. I was a teacher. I loved the helping side of things. And then I've kind of moved into a business where I can help business owners grow and find where they can excel, basically. I had the, like a very similar conversation a couple of days ago because one of my friends said to me, Lorna, you're a helper. And mm. I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Mm. And they were like, well, there's like certain types of people. And we kind of sat and debated about what those certain types of people were, but we couldn't really think of any others. Mm. But I feel like there is, you kind of have helpers and non-helpers in a way, don't you? So I can very much see, like you can, you can tell from all of the stuff that you've done, Mm. you are very much a helper. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think it's only something I realised more recently as I started building this business that I work with now and, and yeah it's something I just enjoy that's the thing that motivates and it's just it gives you such a good like 
feel good feeling doesn't yeah, it yeah it's lovely and it's really nice to see people you know excelling and growing themselves with something you've helped them to do it's just a wonderful feeling that was the best bit of teaching for me when you saw a person just click with an idea it was just magic and I just loved yeah that. there's I don't I don't honestly think there's much of a better scene than watching somebody have a light bulb moment where no. they go oh yes I get it exactly. and you're like nailed it yeah just wonderful isn't it yeah totally cool so I very much asked you to come and be on the podcast because you are the the woman in the know when it comes to (laughs) online growth and I think like it's always nice for me to a kind of share other people's business stories but also in a way it kind of feels a bit like I don't want to say it feels like therapy but it feels (laughs) like it's always nice to get somebody else's kind of perception of something or opinion on something in the industry that I work in yeah definitely because it kind of then it helps kind of broaden my kind of thinking and knowledge and stuff as well so yeah definitely I guess today you know when we we talked before obviously (laughs) recording this podcast but when we talked we very much kind of very quickly came to the conclusion that we wanted to kind of talk about online growth and how people can pick the channels that Mm. they use to promote online and I think with the world that we're living in at the minute it's probably I don't know about you but it feels very noisy and very kind of you should do this or you should do that rather than helping there's a lot of people that aren't helping people understand why they should do those things yeah so I just kind of I mean where do we start (laughs) I think maybe I think, well, I completely agree with you about the, it's nice to keep learning and it's nice to speak to other people and to get influence. I think that's a really lovely thing to do. And I really treasure that, like having these kind of conversations with people and continuing my professional development through various different ways. Uh, I think it's really important for all business owners. And yeah, the field is quite full of people telling you what you should and shouldn't do. And I don't, I know we've talked about this before, but I'm, I just don't really believe in should. I think it's a really, yes. um, yeah, it's a negative thing to say, isn't it? Oh, you should be doing this, as in you're not doing well enough and you should be doing what I'm telling you. Whereas I think everyone should be thinking that word again, uh, but everyone should go <laughs> with what they hear and what they see and what they, you know, take examples, listen to people, definitely, but come up with their own ideas of how to run their business or live their life because it's yours you've designed it for a reason you know you you've probably done it because you want some freedom of choice and if you're then being told what you should be doing you're not really getting that freedom of choice so I think you should definitely take some ideas and influence but kind of make it your own that's what's important in my opinion yeah and I think this might be a little bit deep for a Friday morning or you know Wednesday morning when this goes (laughs) out But like, I think the more people I'm seeing on socials, it feels very much like everyone's become robots and like Mm. nobody's brave enough to kind of have their own, there's not many people, should I say, are brave enough to have their own kind of, this is what I'm going to do. This is my opinion. And like, they kind of stay, like they stay with that. There's so much kind of, you should do this. Okay, I'll do that then. And like, yeah, we did have this conversation before because should is such a... It almost just adds pressure for pressure's sake. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. It, it's too much pressure in some ways. You know, you should be doing this free webinar. You should be doing this course. You should be. It adds to the noise. And if you can kind of get into thinking, well, does that suit me? Does that suit my business? That's going to be better for you than just going with what everyone's saying that 
should be done basically yeah yeah so in terms of where to start let's I mean I'm gonna definitely edit this and try and work out how many times we say should but where should somebody (laughs) start when it comes to thinking about building a business online obviously current climate Mm. in terms of business we're Mm. all online we're all working from home majority of us are working from home if we can but where should somebody start looking and what what kind of questions should they be asking themselves in terms of what channels or whatever we want to call them right now (laughs) let's go with channels let's stick with channels what channels should they be looking at in terms of where their business is going to be best built yeah, so I think the best thing to do is to obviously visit your ideal customer. And if you haven't done that work, um, I know you talk a bit about it, Lorna, and there's lots of advice out there about that. And find out who that is and where they are. I think that's the most important thing. Don't put your effort into a platform if your customers aren't there because it's not going to get you the results. You're going to feel deflated. And then you're going to lose that kind of inspiration to keep going with marketing or for driving your business forward. So I think looking at your ideal customer and thinking about that first and then thinking about where you enjoy. I think this is a big part of it. So if you don't enjoy being on a particular platform, don't do it because it will show, I think, that genuine uh, way to engage, that genuine way to create a community is very transparent. You can see that. You can see the people that really love being there and you can see the people that feel like they're kind of having to do it. And yes, your customer might be on that platform, so you do need to have a go at it. But think about how it works for you instead. So can you do three posts a week instead of seven? You know, can you stick to a routine that works for you and that keeps you inspired? And therefore, the content that you're providing is much more, you know, it, it gets traction and people like it and they enjoy it rather than continually posting stuff all the time that leaves you feeling flat and probably then leaves your audience feeling flat. Yes, agreed, 100%. And I think there's also an element there of, although it, and I I mean, I'm talking in first person because I'm going through this at the minute, Mm. but I feel like there is an element of, could you outsource it to somebody that does like doing that? Yeah, definitely. Because although it's like, it's scary because you kind of go, well, I haven't got the money to do it because I'm not making any money from it right now. Sometimes, you know, we have to revert back to that. You've got to spend money sometimes to make money. Definitely. But you're absolutely right. If you can't, if somebody's on YouTube and they hate their face being on a camera. Yeah. Jesus Christ, does it show? Yeah, definitely. It just, it does, doesn't it? And, you know, the same. And But with that in mind also, I think some people really hate showing up on stories. And I can totally Mm. understand that. I've had that experience in the past. And you know, it's, it can be really difficult to do that. But I always think that if you really want to do it, and you keep trying, and you keep having a go, it does get more natural, it does feel easier, and it does get better. So there are kind of those two things that, you know, don't do it because you should. But if you feel like Mm. you want to, then find ways to make it easier for yourself and make it more natural for yourself. I think we've all been there, like Mm. in terms of showing my face on stories, Mm. like, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but like there, I every single week, even now, I get DMs saying, "How do you show your face on Instagram stories so confidently?" And I'm like, "I've been doing it for like 18 months." Yeah, exactly. Like, so from from your point of view, it'd be quite cool to actually get somebody else's kind of take on it. Yeah. If somebody, you know, if somebody says, I see it a lot. 
like you need to show up every single day yeah unquote yes and without explaining what that means and I think people kind of go that means I have to talk on my Instagram stories every single day yeah how do you how do you determine whether you should do it or whether you know do I push past that fear and just do it because I will get better at it it will provide a return Hmm. versus yeah like should it's just I should do it yeah I think if you feel obliged to do it and you don't want to do it at the very core of you and you'll know the difference you know if it's Mm. completely uncomfortable for you then start by doing something very different on your stories it doesn't have to be your face all the time and you know you can share other people's posts and you can maybe share um, a reel that you've done that maybe has a bit of your face in it and just start really slowly with it and gaining that confidence and I I do think that some people do really well without showing their face and yes that doesn't have to be how your brand is but people do like behind the scenes so you could do something that's more comfortable for you you might want to pre-record a video and put that on your IGTV so you can edit it and you can be comfortable with what you're putting out because I know that live element or that stories element can be quite disappointing and I'm gonna say that I never ever put up the first story I recorded the day. I must try and do it three or four times before I let it go live because I always fluff my words. I sometimes can't think what I'm going to say. I don't think that it's natural for everybody. Um, And even though I've, again, been doing it like you quite a long time, it's still not natural to me. Um, But so many people say, oh, you're so good on stories. Yeah, that's because I kind of try really hard it's not because I'm actually natural at it um so yeah I think the should it would it sometimes helps your brand but if that's not part of your brand then don't do it don't do it because someone's told you to and the whole showing up thing I think that can mean lots of different things you know if you decide you want to do three posts a week and that works for you fantastic the algorithm's not going to play around with your account because you've not done five or seven it wants you to just be consistent and if you're consistently doing the things that you do every week all the time that's much better than trying to do too much and then not doing it 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 will just be better for your um, community because they'll know when to expect you and I heard someone say a few years ago actually it's quite nice if you have a day off stories because people might miss you (laughs) so they might think oh I haven't heard from so-and-so today Ooh. oh that's so true catch up with them tomorrow or I must try and I'll go and have a look at their posts instead so if your community and you've built a nice place where people want to spend time then people will go and look at other things you've done or wait for you to come back you know no one's waiting for you to fail nobody's waiting for you to oh she's not on stories that's really like she, she's she's not a very professional business owner I really hope nobody's thinking that because yeah they're not it's just nice that's such a nice way to think of it though yeah well I think you have to approach it with positivity because you know people are going to be nice to you in general and those that aren't they're just not your customer they're not your person they're not you know they don't want to be part of your community so it's just try and make it a positive place for you and then you'll feel better about it and that will be reciprocal it will keep growing in positivity agreed Mm. that's so lovely oh that's giving me all the good feels (laughs) Oh, good. <laughs> so, okay. So in terms of, you know, going back to how to find the channels. So we, you know, it, it's pretty second nature to me. I'm mm. sure it is to you. Mm. It is very much around finding out 
who the customer is and where they hang out. Mm, Definitely. And then how do you, how would you say somebody, so I know I've got my own ways of working and my own ways of working with clients and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um, in terms of kind of how many of those channels to attack or approach, if you like, let's go with approach, attack's quite negative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But how would you suggest that somebody kind of okay so we've we found this customer let's call mm-hmm. her jess yeah why not great uh probably based on jess uh miss co-working yes. club <laughs> and so we've this our this business small business has come up with this customer avatar name's jess mm-hmm. but we know that she probably is on instagram and she is on facebook and she is on pinterest and she mm. is on twitter but as a small business owner, I don't have the resource to be in all of those places. And right now, I could outsource some of it, but I don't feel like it's the right time. How do I choose which ones to focus on and which ones to not? So I think I would go with the one that I felt most comfortable with, first of all. Um, so I would think about, as a brand, what what fits my brand values. So I've got my ideal customer. I know where they are. What fits my brand values? And how often can I use that platform for my business? And I would kind of start thinking about, well, do I need to be on every platform? Definitely don't think every business needs to be on every platform. Some of the bigger businesses definitely because they've got the resources and the time and the audience. But I think I would start thinking about, should I try, um, sorry, should I work with one platform consistently for a couple of weeks, see how that goes? get used to it I think that with all things as you start using them more you get better at it you get more streamlined at it you can find ways to be quicker and then start adding other ones in I think obviously when you start your business get all your handles for every single platform just in case you want it in the future um, and have those ready and you know you can put up some branding and that kind of thing but really think about whether you need to use Twitter, for instance. So I don't use Twitter for my business. It's my customer's not there. Um, But I know customers that do use it because their customer is there and it works for kind of different types of businesses. So really think about whether it works for your business before you start using it. I think things like LinkedIn work for business to business uh, businesses. Uh, Whereas for me, I don't really use it. I have uh, an area on there. I have a pledge on there. And obviously LinkedIn's becoming more social. It's got stories recently and it's becoming a bit more like Facebook. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out and whether that's going to start getting different types of businesses on there. Um, Goodness, isn't it becoming like Facebook? Isn't it? <laughs> so it's like, oh, another one to think about. Um, but I think my main thing about which platforms to choose and, and how to go about it as a business is really think about your customer, really think about your brand values, really think about your time and your commitment and your passion for that place. They're the kind of things I would think about. If you can't do it well, I wouldn't recommend doing it because it just doesn't show as something you're committed to and the people that are there will kind of see that. So yeah, be, be kind of wary about where you focus your efforts because it's much better to have a really nice community that really enjoys kind of seeing what you've got to offer than have all kinds of stuff all over the internet that's kind of you're splitting your time and you feel massively overwhelmed it's just going to be too much for anybody to cope with yeah and I think 
I quite liked what you kind of, you know, we started, you started going into each individual kind of channel on what mm. they're good for. So mm. maybe that that's where our conversation could go. Cause I yeah. think that's one of the things that like, whether that somebody's a small business and they're just starting mm. or whether they're kind of in this noisy world and they're yeah. like, I just don't know what to do. Yeah. It's really hard to kind of go, well, LinkedIn is just very much business to business, but mm. I think controversially I might have a bit of a different opinion yeah in that uh she said it now um I I don't mind LinkedIn yeah and I think noting the fact that it has started moving towards Mm. being a much more kind of a social channel rather than a business to business yeah I've listened to a lot of podcasts and I follow a lot of people that I would only ever follow on LinkedIn Mm. and would never follow anywhere else interesting yeah and with like I think probably yesterday or the day before there's a there's a podcast called the marketing meetup yeah and there was a guy called Ash Jones who was the guy that helped build the personal brand of Stephen Bartlett oh yes so and he did a lot of talking about personal branding and it was mainly focused on LinkedIn and I'm I'm oh, still trying wow. to work out whether he's influenced my opinion mm. or if it's actually my opinion but essentially because it's become so much of more of a social mm. channel it is it is more personal branding and yeah. I think when we talk about people buy from people yeah you know, you can connect with probably like the CEO of Coca-Cola on yes. LinkedIn if you really wanted to. Yeah. But I think there's also like an element of thinking about how you would want to use the platform in terms of, so, you know, small business owners might have a collection of products that they, they might hand, hand make, let's say, yeah. for argument's sake. Yeah. But if one of your plans for the next five years is to go wholesale, mm, really then... It might not be a case of, you know, you want to post on LinkedIn every single day or yeah. use it to build a personal brand or any of that kind of stuff. But just having a profile yes. that you can post, even if it's once a month to say, this is my business and this is what I do. Definitely, yeah. That's going to help you build those personal relationships in the future. Definitely. And I think that it is worth having a profile um, and depending on the business using it how it fits for your business I do think that Mm. and as we said as it's becoming more social I think that's going to completely change the use of it and I think it is going to become more of a social media type platform it's got a very traditional um you know a very traditional I've lost the word (laughs) um uh oh gosh um it's almost got like this like misconception that it's it's old men and grey suits yeah, exactly. It's got that reputation about yeah. being kind of uh, businesses, getting a job, advertising jobs. Yes. It's kind of got this reputation and I think it's slowly moving away from that. So yeah. it is business to business. And I think that you can get some amazing um, connections on there if that's your uh, kind of niche. And that's what you're working with. But yeah, it's becoming more social. I can definitely see the point of having um platform a page there and for instance I will put some things on there every now and again but I'm not consistent with it because for me that's not really where my audience is but I think they're going to start going there with what's happening with it definitely yeah and I think that's I think that's just such a key point isn't it it's not necessarily that you know when with all these people that are telling you that you have to show up or you should show up Mm -hmm. should we say it's not that you have to have 
with certain profiles, I think you can have a presence because I think you mentioned make sure you get all of your kind of your handles consistent. Mm. Mm. It's not necessarily that you have a consistent presence, but consistency doesn't mean every single day. It means whatever works. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and making it manageable, you know, I'd hate to think anybody's working all evening or weekend in order to Mm. market their business because they're busy running their business in the week. You know, I big on streamlining effort and kind of being lazy in a good way is how I describe it kind of find the very quick ways to do things so that you're still offering that good value and you're still being there for your audience and your customers, but making it easy and streamlined so that you can live a more balanced life because that will have a big impact on how you feel about your business and how you market your business and just generally your well-being it will just makes a big difference in my opinion yeah 100 percent. because if you're you know you can't pour from an empty cup is the saying isn't it yeah yeah so in terms of so that's kind of LinkedIn. who would you say is very much the audience on twitter because for me twitter is very incredibly fast-paced it's very newsy and it's very opinions like it's kind of off the cuff yeah opinions so I think that you've got the it's definitely news yeah that's how I see Twitter now I think when Twitter first started it was all kinds of stuff you know it was somewhere people went to offer opinion like you say and have conversation but I think it's become somewhere that, as I've kind of used it more, I go to look for news things, I go to look for opinion pieces on things I've heard about. And I think that the audiences that are on there are people like bloggers, um, writers, um, kind of celebrities. And small business can definitely use Twitter for advertising things like podcast episodes or new blog posts that might actually be really helpful to different audiences. Um, But it's about the niche and making sure that your niche would be on there. So you're kind of looking for people who are going there to look for news, going there to look for opinions, going there to kind of maybe find out information. So it's more of a kind of information-y type source, in my opinion what do you think yeah I think I think I'd agree with that to be fair like I think you're right I for me it's very blogger heavy yeah Um, I think whenever I've worked in like I'm just trying to kind of rewind to my corporate days Mm. Twitter for us was always about journalists and PR opportunities yeah definitely yeah um I don't think it was really anything other than that which sounds really strange but I think because you know, if we think about what a journalist does and yeah. how busy they are and all that kind of stuff, you know, there's certain hashtags and certain Definitely. feeds that just gets that kind of awareness. Yeah, and it's a good place to find out about things that are happening. So you could use it more as a research. So, for instance, you can find mm. out about uh, magazines that are looking for features for small businesses or for Christmas, for instance. You often get various hashtags that will call out for people to be included in big publications, you know, Red, etc. I've seen recently asking for small businesses yes. to apply. So it can be a really handy thing to use for research more than necessarily marketing for a small business. And I think we're talking a lot about social, but in terms of online growth, I think it's really important to kind of mention that it's not just about social. I don't know about you. I very much preach that we shouldn't build businesses on social media on borrowed land. Yeah. And you mentioned blogs. Mm. So how would you say, you know, what's the decision with them? I think the more small businesses I talk to, 
Yeah. It's almost like a conscious de- decision, excuse me, stick my teeth back in, <laughs> around blogging takes too much time, yeah. so I haven't got the time to do it. It's not worth the effort. Again, when we think about channels that they should kind of take note of or actually start utilising, how does somebody decide whether they should have a blog or not have a blog? So I think that blogging is actually really useful and I know it takes time, um, but if you come up with a strategy that is around kind of content pillars and having consistent topics to write about and thinking about those keywords that will help you to increase your SEO, then it can actually be quite quick and it can actually be really useful. Um, The whole point of blogging is for your website to stay fresh. So the idea is that Google sees or other search engines, let's not be biased here, uh, see that (laughs) you are um, constantly updating your website. So it's constantly fresh, it hasn't gone stale. But the other reason is to have enough words so that your site can be crawled by bots basically and rank in that authority. So you can um, use your blogs to talk about your products your experiences your kind of qualifications if that's your if that's what you're doing for your business if you're kind of a service provider um work you've done um kind of case studies so you're kind of building this authority and trust by writing blog posts and yes if you've designed your website well initially with seo then you will obviously be much better placed than someone who hasn't but by adding those blog posts to your site on a regular basis you're keeping it fresh and updated and then you've also got content to use on Pinterest to tweet you know to kind of put on Twitter to use with Instagram to post on Facebook so you've got this constant fresh content going on which is then can be used for smaller content so you can have this master content which is a blog post or your podcast and then you can use the content within that and break it down and basically repurpose it so that you're cutting the work down and making it a lot easier for yourself 100 mm-hmm. percent. always about working smart not harder people. definitely definitely <laughs> let's let's not try and make too much work for ourselves oh, yes <laughs> And I think that's like, that's a really important point because for me, I think the way that I kind of explain to clients, given that majority of my clients are normally small businesses Mm. in terms of a wider kind of bird's eye view on digital strategy is to think of it like a wheel in that Mm. your website or wherever the, wherever the thing that you want to uh, like eventually happen sits in the middle. So if that's on your website, somebody buys on your website. Yeah. That's where you want to be driving people. Definitely. And then all on all of the other spokes is, you know, it might be your blog, it might be Pinterest, it might be Twitter, it might Definitely. be Instagram. Yeah. But they all link together as well. And that's yeah. where that kind of repurposing comes from. Yeah, definitely. And I think when we talk about online growth, it can seem, for some, I can only assume, quite mm. daunting because oh, you yeah. kind of go, oh my God, like growth, like growth, I think in a word in itself is quite like, oh <laughs> definitely and it can be and and I think people over over expect that growth as well so they kind of yes. they want the big wins very quickly and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about a lot of the stuff that you do to market your business it takes time it can you know it takes up to six months to get some kind of authority with google from a new website so you know you've got to keep working at it and you've got to kind of take those small wins and see them as huge because every small win is big for every business but we're so in this world where people are talking about their ten thousand pound months that we compare ourselves to that and then we feel really like oh we've not done very well but actually if you've managed to get 100 extra people or extra people on your website this month 
that's amazing. You know, that is an amazing growth. So thinking about it in those terms, I think is much more important than waiting for the big thing to happen because it helps you stay motivated with the work that needs to still be done every every month or every week for instance yeah that's absolutely a win and I think the people with the the 10k months oh Jesus (laughs) driving me nuts yeah me too (laughs) do you think I'd love to get your opinion on the fact because obviously you said like it's the small things that kind of add up and it does take time Mm mm-hmm do you think that's why maybe there's an element of everybody's so obsessed with the likes of Instagram because there's almost like an instant gratification yeah. of getting 100 mm-hmm. likes and when people don't get 10, like they might get 10 likes on one post and 100 on the next and then they think yeah. that the one that got 10 was rubbish and it failed. And I had this conversation the other day because I was just trying to explain to somebody that it's not like the instant gratification thing is like, it's that good feeling, isn't it? It's that dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what what was the purpose of the post? Because if the purpose was of the post was to get people to buy, and ten people might have liked it, but a hundred people bought it, then that's a win. Spot on. Yeah, exactly. And I think we have got into that, haven't we? We've become very competitive in terms of Instagram and very comparison led. And if somebody's getting hundreds of likes on their post, then good. You know, you should. I, the way that I like to think of it is great for them maybe next time for me you know I don't I try not to compare I don't think it's that easy but I think that instant gratification like you're talking about is so easy to fall into and what you have to think about is that you don't really have any control over that yes you can make good Mm. content yes you can make kind of shareable or savable content that people will like and will be of use but still you're relying on putting it out at time that's going to work you're relying on connecting with people it's kind of like magic (laughs) you've got to kind of think well I'm going to do the best I can I'm going to put out a a piece of content that I think will engage my audience that they might save or share or like or comment on and if it doesn't work then it doesn't work kind of look at the look at the reach look at the different bits of uh, data that you can pull off it and see if there was a reason for it and if there wasn't just try again and it is a bit trial and error on Instagram I think there are some definitely some things you can do there are definitely some ways that you can um, ensure that you're connecting with an audience but at the end of the day I think it's really helpful to kind of distance yourself from the success on Instagram I think that it isn't you you know people aren't liking you and I think that's where we've got to that it feels personal if we don't have that kind of big like on a post yeah and like you say sales and getting people to your website should be the goal that should be the goal definitely yeah it's so true and I think I just I just see so many people falling into it Mm -hmm. and like you say in there like it's not personal Mm -hmm. again I think I've had this conversation on another episode yeah but I said I did some polls or something and I like I fell into a little bit of a trap with taking it slightly personal because I have a personal brand but I don't yeah. trade as true insert brand name I yeah. trade as Lorna Scully yeah and so that I did fall it I'm absolutely not there anymore <laughs> but I, think we all there do. Was an, I don't think that's just yeah. you I've certainly been there too I think I think if you ask anyone that she's Instagram they're probably if they were brave enough would say the same thing so because it's like it's your baby isn't it it. regardless of and it's your work it's kind of and you spent all that time creating it and kind of yeah this is going to be amazing I really love this you know and and my audience are going to love this or and then it goes and it doesn't work and then you think well why am I bothering I've fallen Mm. in and out of Instagram love all the time (laughs) it just it's like a roller coaster with me I'm like 
one week I'm like, yep, loving it, absolutely buzzing, yeah. talking to other people, getting lots of engagement, enjoying making the content, and then the next I'm like, can't do it. Yeah, definitely. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> just, I just, just know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Who would you say is like the person to, the, the business to, to use Instagram? What What type of business would most fly on Instagram? I think you've got, I think the ones that do the best are ones that have got inspirational content that you can share or save because the algorithm at the moment, as we know, is working towards those uh, metrics as being really good for performance. So I look at people who are um, helping businesses to kind of change or improve or grow or deliver courses or those kind of things and they seem to be doing really really well because they're offering that educational content that's very savable and very shareable uh, so they're doing really well I think product-based businesses can do super well with Instagram shopping um, I think Instagram shopping is becoming more and more popular popular yes it's just I, I've noticed it so much and I'm finding myself going to Instagram shopping to look for things which is new um I think that service-based businesses, a bit like what I was talking about in the first business space, can do really well um, in terms of using the new features. So I see quite a lot of service-based businesses doing well with things like Reels um, and being able to really utilise that. And I think that that's where that will um, be really useful for them, that they can kind of use what they're selling or what they're teaching or what they're providing to use that particular function that we know has got a lot of traction at the moment we know reels is really popular have you um, jumped into reels i've done a few yeah i started with the whole pointing thing which was cool um <laughs> and didn't, then we I, all? <laughs> yeah, didn't we all and then i was uh yeah then i started doing it a bit less about me um and yeah just trying to find it's one of those things is that it's another new feature and i know everybody kind of hit their head on the desk and went really more more things to think about yeah. um but then as you start using these things you do realize that actually you can come up with some ideas quite easily if you kind of sit and brainstorm how you might do a reel for your business it doesn't have to be your face again because we've got that thing that people really want to not have to use their face sometimes uh, to promote their business and that's fine and i think there are different ways to do it um, yeah, it is quite interesting kind of having to sit and kind of be able to I did a reel yesterday mm-hmm. and it probably took me about an hour <laughs> <They're not easy laughs> to do a 30 second reel because <laughs> yeah. it was like trying to trying to kind of uh, what's the word not consolidate but like trying to drill down what I wanted to say in 30 seconds I I know I'm a talker but (laughs) jeez it's hard it's really hard yeah um but I've seen some businesses using them so successfully and really grabbing an audience with them so I think with everything find the bits of Instagram that work for you you know if reels Mm. isn't your thing it doesn't matter that it's got the kind of more preferential reach at the moment that will soon change just do what works for your community basically if if you've got things that work and they're consistently working and the metrics are telling you it's working keep going with that and you know review I think it's really important to review all the time you know review things like hashtags review things that you know times of day sometimes you're sending them at times of day that Instagram says people are online and they're not really pulling any kind of reach or any kind of interest but then you might change it next week and do it in the morning and you might find even though less people online more people engaged with it so 
it's all about testing. And I think this is something I heard you say once. It's all about testing. It's all about kind of seeing what's working and adapting. You know, you've got to be kind of iterative with everything you do. Don't just sit on your laurels because it will change. Things change all the time and you've got to kind of keep up, but not in a stressful way because that makes it sound like you've got to keep working all the time. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that if you're going to put the effort into doing these things, make sure that you're doing them with the right kind of intention and that you're right um, with the right kind of metrics behind it you know make sure you've checked that it's going to work before you put that beautiful piece of content out that you're so proud of yeah I think yeah my my thing is ABT always be tested yeah definitely because it's just I think so many people I see it in probably more so Facebook groups yeah but a lot of people are like well my reach has plummeted or this my engagement's dropped and you know I haven't changed anything I'm still doing the same thing and I'm like yeah but that yeah that's the problem yes because so you're true. not you're you're not adapting to yeah. what is going on in the world you know like a lot of people try to carry on posting the same things during a global pandemic yeah, that they were posting last year like it's just so the world's annoying. changed and you you've kind of got to move with that it doesn't it doesn't work like that so true it really is true and it's about you know moving with what's going on and the changes but also kind of doing it in a way that isn't going to make you feel overwhelmed because i think a lot of yeah. people don't want to make the changes because they're kind of worried about the amount of work it's gonna have you know they're gonna have to do more things but actually you might save yourself time in the long run just by doing an hour's worth of checking your insights and having a look at the hashtags that have worked for you you might save yourself a lot of time in the long run so it can be and and why carry on doing something that's not working when you could just just refocus and and focus on the things that are working definitely and there is so much chat about kind of oh the algorithm's against me and I think that yeah maybe that could be true that could be true but I think usually it's because you need to have a look at what your audience are wanting so you know you need to be thinking about is this still relevant to them are they still wanting yes am I still providing that content thereafter yeah I've got such an opinion about the whole algorithm chat yeah I think that that's just the whole nother episode that could in be itself. Like, yeah huge episode <laughs> the amount of chat around it it's just nuts yeah so I'm really conscious of time yeah. but I wondered if you could possibly share maybe kind of one to three kind of top tips that mm. anybody that's listening to this could start to consider if they you know if, if they're looking for growth online whether that's you know now it's yeah. what November yeah um at the end of a, a disastrous year for some um but you know moving into 2021 as well like if we're looking at small businesses that want to grow online what top three tips would you give them okay great um so I would say look at your website and have a look at your customer journey is it clear can your customer find everything they need to find very easily and are you navigating them through your site to your store or to your services page where you want them to take action so have you got buttons or links that will just move them very 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 seamlessly through the process and that's really key um, for getting that kind of sales and for that growth so that when people come from places like Pinterest which is going to be my next um, recommendation they can kind of easily go from the blog post they've come to to your shop or to find out more that will have a massive impact on your bounce rate which is technical but to do with seo and that will have a big impact on making sure that your um, seo rating is better and therefore more people start finding you organically in google searches uh 
use Pinterest. I think um, I'm a massive Pinterest fan. <laughs> Love a bit of Pinterest. Uh, and we're yeah. not we're not talking about falling down the rabbit hole of no. what you want your dream wedding to look like. I right mean, now. that's great. I loved it. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's about kind of finding ways to get people to your site. And Pinterest is one of the only platforms that rewards you for taking people away from their platform, which is just a bonus in these days. You know, it's a real bonus. So get used to Pinterest and using it for your business. There are different ways you can do that. Um, and just pin some things to start with and see how it works. And if you want help, find somebody that knows how to do it and go with that. And I would say email marketing. If you haven't got an email list, get yourself Yes, Claire. <laughs> yes. Because that's like... Bloody loving yeah. that. And, and, you know, it's not rented space you've worked hard and you've invested in that that particular email um sign up and you know you've worked to get them to buy into your brand and become an advocate so they've signed up to your list so they're not rent it's not like kind of instagram rented space that could disappear so email list is one of the biggest things i learned when i set up my business that that's one of the key priorities for growing online honestly i'm absolutely bloody thrilled that you said email <laughs> it's just so important and so many oh. people, so many people are scared about um oh gosh then I'm gonna have to write to them all the time and yeah that is that can be difficult but once you've done two or three it does get easier and you get into a flow of it and you kind of have you have a brand voice and you, you you're kind of offering knowledge you're offering help you're offering I don't know a story that might help them and and see it like that you know it's 80% story 20% sales I try not to do too much selling on mine I try to be more kind of advice and help based because that's kind of what my brand is so you have to make it right for you but I think it's almost like my brain can't comprehend where people's objections are because Mm. email for me is by far my favorite channel or outlet or whatever you want to call it yeah purely because of the whole rented space it doesn't have that instant gratification no but it bloody works and it's almost like the objection is I don't want to piss people off or it's uh I don't know how to come up with that kind of content and we just said less than probably less than 10 minutes ago repurpose exactly what you're posting on Instagram yeah it's exactly what you should be putting in your emails. Yeah, and do your emails first so you've got longer content maybe or your blog posts first and then use that longer content to consolidate bits and pieces from, you know, I only send mine once every two weeks because I decided once every week was too much for me and once once every month felt like not quite enough for me because I don't mm. send long emails. I send kind of like 500 words, so not massively long. And I just felt like every two weeks was fine for my audience and that's worked well, really well. But yeah, I kind of think about what I've done over the last two weeks in my kind of podcast or blog post, and then I will write a bit about that and maybe even copy and paste bits out of it. So it doesn't take me very long in the end. You know, it doesn't take me more than half an hour, an hour to write a really kind of thoughtful email that I'm hoping people are going to enjoy. And that's the whole point is communicating with people in their kind of inbox in a special space, really. It's very, you're very lucky to have that opportunity. That's how I see it. 100% and I think as long as you treat them with respect and you don't you know this element of I don't want to piss people off there's an unsubscribe button for a reason exactly yeah definitely if you're pissing them off they're allowed to use it like let's let's just get rid of this whole I don't want to piss them like they've gone out of their way to give you their email address in the first place exactly 
they're asking for you to talk to them. So yeah. by not emailing them, actually, when you when you email, if I signed up to someone's email list and they didn't email me for six months, yeah, and then they email me once, I would be like, who the are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, it's unsubscribe. Like, it's just not. Yeah, that's I signed true. up for a reason. Yeah, and people do, you're right. They want to hear from you. They don't sign up because they want to do you a favour. They sign up because they've liked something you said or they've agreed with something you've written and they kind of want to hear more from you. So, yeah, do that. Give them that. Give them what they've, what they've opted for. Do that. I like that. That's, <laughs> that's like the perfect place to finish. Do that. <laughs> you do that. Amazing. Claire, this has been so lovely. Oh, yes, it really has. I've really enjoyed it. So for anybody that wants to find out more about you, your services, Mm -hmm. and I know personally you have a couple of products that you very rarely talk about. So (laughs) I did tell you I'd give you a little bit of a nudge. Anybody that wants to find out anything about you, work with you, your services, your fantastic products, Mm -hmm. uh, where can they find you? What do you do? Tell them everything. Okay, I'll try my best. (laughs) So I work one-to-one with business owners to help them basically grow or start or change something in their business. So I offer a mentoring service where I'll help them to access skills or give them the tools or chat them through decisions that they're making and help them basically to grow their business Uh, I've also just recently launched a few other services where you can work with me one-to-one on a monthly basis uh, more that I will help you with strategy uh, in a different way and I run a pro pinners so I run a Pinterest course uh, which I've done two cohorts now and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it the ex-teacher in me absolutely loves delivering those lessons (laughs) (laughs) and that was what I was missing Um, and I have a few products that I offer to help with target setting and achieving goals so I have a wall planner and I am just about to launch a kind of target setting workbook. Um, it's about to go to print, so it should be here by the end of November. So they're all on my website. Everything you might want to find out about me is on my website, which is moxieva.co.uk. And I'm over on Instagram at moxieva. Amazing. How exciting that you're, it's gone to print. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's also very scary. I always like, what's it going to look like when it comes back? But usually I'm happy, so fingers crossed <laughs> amazing and honestly if anyone is then the wall planner is beautiful oh thank you very much <laughs> it's so pretty like I think you can find them wall planners do you know what really winds me up is when the, a wall planner has like the boxes are too small and you can't yeah, actually write in them definitely. and then they're really ugly yes that's so true yes yours is actually beautiful oh thank you very much <laughs> well it's been an absolute pleasure to talk actually haven't you got some free webinar or something with goal yeah, setting coming up uh, i have actually yeah good reminder uh so in december december the 17th i'm going to be doing a reflection and celebration completely free come along and just talk about the year hopefully everyone can find something positive to celebrate i'm all for celebrating the small wins and and the big wins but definitely small wins and then in january i'm going to offer a uh goal setting target setting some people hate the word goal um and it sounds funny in my accent uh so target setting uh, kind of little workshop on the 4th of january and they're both free i'm going to put the links on my website this week so you can uh sign up 
but yeah, it'd be lovely to see people chat positively about the past year and positively about the year ahead. I think that's just me. I hate, I'm, I, I just can't get to grips with the word goal. I know. It's one of those things, you either it. love it or you hate it. And I kind of mm. love it, but I know loads of people hate it. So we're going to call it target setting because it's much nicer to think about the intention you'd like to do instead of, I've got to achieve this goal, which can be quite yeah. stressful. Amazing. I think I'll be at both of those oh, uh, workshops. <laughs> That'd be really nice. Cool. Well, thank you so, so much for your time, Claire. I know we've talked for a very long time. We could probably talk for a few more hours as well. Definitely, but yeah. Let's leave it there. It was an absolute pleasure to get your opinion and your advice and all of your tips. And I hope that anybody that's listening to this has really taken away something from it. I know I definitely have. Oh, so thank you. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved it. It's been really lovely. Thank you. Cool. Well, I'll talk to you really, really soon. Okay, take care. Bye.